And it's not shtick. Our product is not shtick, Robert. All right. Allow me. Hey, hey. This is. I'm bringing my little Bob Galen branding twist to everything, Josh. <laughs> Very little. Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. Have you ever had a question that you know we have the answer to? And you would love to get that answer in less than 50,000 words from Bob Galen. I have your answer. Use Walter, our personal agile assistant. You can use him to ask questions based off of every word we've ever said. We know 98% of those are Bob's. 2% are mine. But this way you can ask the specific question you get and you don't have to wait for Bob to tell 75 stories and then not really address the question. And then I have to come in at the end to actually clarify and provide you with the answer that you need. Now you can cut through all that bull crap and you can just get the answer you need. Type in your question. Walter's like, I got you, bro. And gives you the answer. Short, concise, actionable. Unlike some of the episodes we may have delivered on. Uh, I said we. So that's our that's our spiel, or uh, as Robert Q. Galen called it, shtick. I don't agree our, with calling our product shtick, but whatever, you know. Oh, this comes from the man who's handing out tracheas or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> so my dog so, is enjoying the beef trachea very much. Exactly. Yes. Um, you know, you know, Josh, Josh you what? said something that that struck a chord. Oh, did I? I I am. You know, you ever hear the Allman Brothers have a song called "Rambling Man," right? I am the the quintessential rambling man. That is correct. Yeah, I will admit it, and I do. I do tell a lot of stories. Sometimes I'll tell a story. You may not notice this. But I'll start a story and then, but then I'll not end it. I'll tell them, I'll start another story. And never not noticed. You, you never, never noticed. noticed. Yeah, okay. never, it occasionally happens. Yes. So, listeners, if you hear any crunching or crackling in the background, that is my wonderful dog chewing on a treat. That way she's not barking. But, uh, you know, the river. We do what we can. The river. That's right. Uh, so, on to. The episode. The episode part four of our series on entrepreneurship. One of my least favorite words to say. And this part, this chapter is going to be centered on, okay, you did a thing, you launched it, you've got some customers, now what? Now what do you do? What are some of the pitfalls that we've run into that we expect you to run into as well. And hopefully we can help you sidestep those and be uh, more successful than we were right out of the gate. So that is what part four is all about. So how do, where do we want to start, Josh? Uh, I'm just glad I've said part four 50 times and you haven't jumped in with your pronunciation. I haven't, I haven't jumped in with a, with a hairball. Yeah. I've, I've just been I waiting can. for that to happen. All right. Metacasters. We'll get this out of the way. Thank you. Uh, this is well. So you were with us for part, and eh. I'm sure we intrigue you to to then follow up with part, duh. <laughs> and then based on that, you you had to listen to part, twa. <laughs> and now, 
Drum roll, please. We are now at part. Oh, man, that hurts. I, I got to do it one more time. One more no, time. No, 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 you don't. Port Catra. All right, there you go. All right. And Bob has now insulted every French-speaking person in our listener slash I've done that every time we've had these multi-parts. You know what? I know. This is my shtick. It's shtick is right. Yeah, and I can't help it. it. And it's not just, it's not feigned. I, you notice I smile every time I do yeah, this. Yeah, I know, it, I know. It makes me happy. So, so allow uh, me to reiterate, Walter. Walter right now would save you so much time just asking the questions. We continue actually, to have none our of this, and forth. Yeah, none yeah. of this would, Walter yeah. would filter out all of this. Yeah, he would be like, that's junk. Throw that's, it that, absolutely. <laughs> Let's get to the meat of the yes. answer to this question. Uh, first thing, first thing, uh, yeah. so you started your business, you hit, you hit the start button, um, and you advertised it website went live yesterday. Uh, so first thing I would say is make a big deal about it, right? So get the word out. Uh, I see folks that do a schmaltzy job, man, I'm in shtick and schmaltzy and I'm making words up today, Metacasters, but, uh, folks, you know, they just sort of. I, I just formed my company. Uh, come on and check it out. Here's the webs. It's almost like the Eeyore approach to making a big, a big bang and, you know, and, and check the tail and call me. If you, if you need any help, call me. That's not what you want to do. You want to, you want to make a big, you want to make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. You want to make a splash. Uh, and I don't do marketing for goodness sakes. Like I'm not a product guy. Josh is the product guy. So I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I'm telling you to do this and, and it's like 10 times more important than what I'm even saying, but make a big splash, uh, get your colleagues, like, like send an email to your friends, uh, get your parents to, to chime in, uh, and whatever, get your community, get your supporters, get your coaches, get your local colleagues, your remote colleagues, give them a heads up a few days in advance. Tell them you're going to make a big announcement. Get them to what do you what do you call it? Like tag it, or yeah, pin it, work. or repost it, and and really try to make the biggest splash you can. Yes, and you have to keep doing that on a regular basis. Yeah. I am guilty of doing that at the start, and it's you know however many months later, and I'm not as effective at maintaining that marketing, which helps provide a continuous pipeline of customers because that's a thing that you're going to have to always work on. So that first launch you hope slash expect it's going to jumpstart the pipeline that either you have or you don't have, and that gets you your, your first customers. But many people don't create the time to continue to focus on that on a regular basis. I am guilty of this. This is something that I know I have to get better at of just continuing that to, to happen. Otherwise, you're going to put all this work in, you're going to give everything you have, and there's not going to be anybody to you know, hire you because you haven't done a good enough job making it apparent that A, you're here, and B, these are the amazing things you can do for their company. One of the cool things you can do is if you're switching from per, you know permanent employment to, to consulting uh, or or even consulting gig to consulting gig is talk to talk to people 
that won't just recommend you and and you know bob's a great guy but they might even talk about like a project you've worked with or an accomplishment you've had right uh so they're talking about even even if you're leaving a job you know reach out to people that you've worked with historically and say hey can you give me like a you know a quick referral on linkedin so don't just say you know good luck bob but bob rocks this is what Bob did for our company. Here's some outcomes that he had. He brought to the he brought to the table. So, so I don't know if that stuff emerges on its own. It's nice if people think about that. It's it's fair game for you to reach out to folks, give them a script almost, and say, "Hey, can you help me with this? Yeah. Can you talk about this?" And because you did your homework based on what we suggested in previous chapters of this, you already mined your past for those wins and successes again like so many of what you're going to hear throughout chapter four is going to be you know continuing to recycle the content that you have and the messaging that you have on a regular basis last time i checked uh you have probably seen an ad for ford trucks every day for your entire life now you will probably see a commercial for ford trucks every day for the rest of your life uh they are very effective at uh, making sure you know that a they're 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 there and b that you should give them a shot. I mean, who buys? What does that have to do with the Metacast, Josh? Who buys a Ford truck? Uh, I mean, I, what kind? What kind of a? Oh, yay! Go Ford! <laughs> go, go Ford! I knew that. I knew that. I know. So, I knew so you that's knew that. so that's the thing that you hit that. Um, and this isn't linear. I'm just sort of trying to think of some things. You know, this is that kickoff. And, and, but an immediate thing right after hitting the button is uh, sales calls. So getting, uh, getting on a Zoom or literally a phone or a pay phone. Uh, and I know I'm dating myself. They, those things don't exist. Uh, a, a rotary phone. I know. Is there anyone who would be listening? Uh, but getting getting on the phone, getting on a Zoom, and having your pitch ready, being able to pitch yourself. So there's two ways to this conversation. To me, this is this is the initial. Someone rings you up. You have their attention. You have a referral. Uh, someone referred you to to someone. It's a prospective client. Uh, you're trying to get to know them. And so you're listening, so you need to hone your listening skills and your note-keeping skills or have a good app that records things for you or something. And then you want to be communicating your value and your ability to solve their problems as you're mining their challenges. You want to be having stories and things to tell. And I don't, some people are very natural at that. Josh, you're pretty, I mean, you've always struck me as being able to do that kind of stuff pretty well out of the box, but some people are not wired that way at all. Uh, but you need to get, you need to get wired to do that. Um, and you need to practice or something, practice in a mirror or whatnot. Uh, if you're really, if you're really nervous, then get yourself a checklist, uh, or like a note sheet or something electronic or physical so that you could remind yourself to listen, remind yourself, you know, when you're talking about yourself, what are the, what is the top five points you want to make about you know, what are the differentiators for you in your practice, et cetera? Josh, play off of that. What yeah, you-, you are going to get asked point blank, uh, how would you do this? 
what's your view on this challenge? What do you think we should do here? And you'll find that you get pretty much the same questions, but you need to have a solid answer that's just like, boom, right on the tip of your tongue, ready to rock and roll and sell that confidence. Sell that, hey, I've done this before. I know this works. Uh, here's why, here's how, here's examples. Uh, but if you're not confident, you're not going to get the deal. So you, you, you have to have that messaging strong in how you deliver it, not only the content, but like how you say the words. And so that people feel it, they feel that excitement, that emotion that you have based on you like, yeah, this person gets really excited about this. It's crazy. I didn't think anybody did, but that's what we need. I'd say excitement. You also need to exude some gravitas, mm -hmm. you know, some, some confidence, some hubris, not too much, but you need to, I mean, these folks are going to be spending potentially spending. We talked about pricing models and things before. Uh, so they're going to be spending a lot of money potentially on you and you, you need to bring it to the table. So, so, so the attitude that Josh is talking about is paramount. I think like the presence you have is paramount and work on that. Yeah. That's I'd not also a, just, uh, that's, that's not a natural thing. Even me, I'm a very confident, uh, I've been labeled cocky and all kinds of other things, but still, being able to talk about oneself with confidence without coming across like a jerk uh, is a skill that you have to develop and practice. Otherwise it's going to fall flat or people are going to be like, I don't freaking believe, like, I don't believe you at all, you know? Uh, Cause there's ways you can say things where like, yes, you're saying words, but nobody actually buys it. Yep. I, I'm going to say there's two other things during this call to think about is one, and they're going to be contrary one is don't be afraid to say no i don't do that mm -hmm. right so so if it's something that you know in your heart this is like this is not in my wheelhouse now is not the time to bs them right so talk about i can't do that what what can you do and what can't you do and if you have to say no now one of my defaults in that area is i'm i am almost immediately go to talking about partners but I can't do that, but I know Josh Anderson mm -hmm. and, and Josh can do stuff like that. So, so I can create a complimentary view. The other, the, the, the contrary point of it is don't be so strict about what you can and can't do, uh, that you say no to prematurely. So keep in mind, like the number one mantra of consulting is you don't have to know everything. You just have to be able to figure it out. And before that, before your client needs it and, and you need to have the wherewithal to do that and, and to learn quickly. So I can't tell you probably every, every gig that I've ever taken, every coaching gig, uh, it wasn't a slam dunk for me. I didn't, you know, there was some percentage of what the expectations that I had to figure out. Uh, it might have been using a tool or facilitating a different kind of meeting or a meeting with a different group or whatever it was or product very often like value stream mapping and things like that. It's not something I do all the time. So, you know, I can commit to it, but I have to go sharpen those skills. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have that conversation with a client. Oh, I did it 22 years ago. Maybe I can help you. No, no. 
yeah, I can do value stream map. In the back of my mind, I know that I have to like, I have to refine that. I have to, I have to sharpen those skills. I, I may even want to, again, go back to a complementary partner. So, so don't get stuck on, I can only do what I'm incredibly comfortable doing. Get comfortable, get comfortable with your, you know, with discomfort. Yep. Agreed. That's, that's, if you narrow it down to exactly what you've done, your total addressable market, uh, as we say in the VC and PE world is very, very small. (laughs) You know, your total addressable market is like five people. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you've got to be able to bring your skills to learn, adapt, adjust, and deliver value to the table, uh, knowing that, Hey, this, this is a little bit off, but I can make that work. So right after the conversation, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and take us in another direction, Josh. Uh, so, so let's say that the conversation goes really well and, and you get an email, God, Bob Galen, you're the man, right? Your intellect is startling. It's, it's pristine. Our confidence in you is through the roof. Uh, how much is it going to cost? And can you get us a quote? Yeah. Um, so, and I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say, well, wait for two weeks while I put together a template and, and, and figure out what you need to have like a contract, a response form, uh, you know, probably if you're doing like uh if you're taking deposits you probably want to have like a a way of invoicing so it doesn't have to be perfect but you need some response stuff yeah Uh, if you haven't told them your pricing you need a pricing sheet then you need a contract some kind of statement of work or something etc that you can very quickly fill in for them josh go ahead before i I agree on having all that ready because I remember the first time I did that and I was caught off guard. I'm like, Bob, uh, do you have a contract I can copy? You know, (laughs) so started with that and over time I've evolved, but I actually create a, you know, a brief summary of what I would do, how I would tackle it along with the pricing in an email because that's easier to go back and forth besides like jumping to the contract because then there's like so many things and legal gets involved like let's like let's get to a handshake agreement on what this is going to look like and then once we're both comfortable with timing pricing yep. blah 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 then we'll go through the rigor of creating the contract and getting it signed and reviewed and all that jazz uh, but don't start there because otherwise you're just creating a bunch of overhead for yourself that you might find that you're wasting your time on so as quickly and as lightly as you can, lightly, I meaning with amount of back and forth, get to a handshake agreement on like, yes, we can start about this date. Yes, we're willing to pay you this much. Uh, and let's go, let's go make it happen. Because then even better at that point, there's urgency on their end to get everything signed and ready to rock and roll. Um, so that's a, that's a good tool that you can use to make sure that you get all of the ink in all the right places. I agree with you, Josh. I, I mean, I always send an email, so I'm not wasting. The other thing is it's not just wasting time. It's getting clarity. This is what I heard. This would be yeah. my response. This might be, this is the relative cost. What do you think? Give me your feedback yeah. and iterate on that. Uh, one final thing, Metacasters, is you never, what I'm really trying to say is 
you never want to be the delay factor. Yeah. I want to, I want to turn, trust me, the clients will be the delay factor. Their legal departments will be the delay factor. Their inability to sign, you know, taking two weeks to sign something is, you know, so you don't want to be, you know, a two week delay and then have an aggregate two week delay, two week delay. So I always try to, to really turn things around. Yep. You know, if I, if I had a sales call today on Friday, I would say, I'll have it to you Monday. I'm probably going to have it in their hands by Saturday. Uh, And again, I'm not, it's, it's not the Saturday, it's the quick turnaround on things. So you're not the delay. Yes. What else, Josh? Uh, Let's go down the road a little bit from. So I actually, there's something there. Uh, You put your price out there. You say, this is how much it's going to cost. Then Mm -hmm. like sticker shock happens and heads explode and like, wait a minute. We never thought it was going to cost that much and we can't do that what are we going to do? Like, how do you bring the price down? You know, you will get everything from, you know, Hey, the board is really tight on us now and our spend and blah, blah, blah. So like, we got to keep this under X dollars. That's an uncomfortable position, especially when you're early in your career and your pipeline is pretty empty. You might not have any room. You might just have to like take what you can get. Uh, but as you go and grow, uh, you need to be able to stand firm and be confident with your pricing sheet and say like, sorry, this is the price. Uh, take it or leave it. Now, it takes a while to get to that spot, but you need to be able to get to that spot where at least that's where I aspire to go to where there's, I don't like negotiation. I don't like, I don't like playing the game of, Oh, I have to give you a higher quote than I would expect. So that way you can negotiate it down and feel better about yourself. Uh, I always try and present it as like, this is the price. I, I'm going to slightly disagree. Um, not because I'm cheap and I under I undervalue myself, which I do sometimes. But I think if you're just starting, you want to be careful about saying no, right? You need to feed the family. So maybe that first one, yes, be firm, have a pricing sheet but you may have to be aggressive and don't feel bad. Don't kick yourself or feel bad about, right. Maybe the first one or two, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that for very long. The other thing that I slightly disagree or want to, it's a yes. And actually it's not a disagreement. It's you have to look at the opportunity. So if I'm quoting a class and I know that there's 10 follow on classes uh, or there's a follow on opportunity, I'm more likely to negotiate a, a little bit, knowing that there's follow-on activity. Yeah. Right. Right. If there's no follow-on, or if I have no vision to the follow-on activity, so I don't. Oh, but I know I do. I, I I look at duration. Right. I look at the overall opportunity, uh, the overall monetary opportunity, and and just see. And I might be more flexible. Right. I I don't want to. I don't want to get so, you know, sort of hunk, hunkered down that I appear to be intransient, particularly for a large, and I think clients who have longer, larger opportunities are going to want a little bit of flex on the part of their partners as well. But in general, I support what Josh is saying. A negotiation is not a, it, particularly if you're in a boutique. So if you're in a commoditized market, then I think you have to sort of go there a little bit. If you're in a boutique, and I think our audience, we're talking about mostly boutique. Josh, you're a boutique consultant. I'm a boutique consultant, specialized. Then, then I think it's like, no, you're paying. 
you're paying a premium for me. Yeah. Right. And and I and I don't think you negotiate very often at all. It it makes me feel cheap. I used to do it occasionally and it just made me feel bad, which affected mm -hmm. my performance in the role. I know that sounds odd, everyone, but I just it just cheapened. I just didn't feel good about it. just like when I hire someone, I want them to feel excited to join and to be really jazzed up. I think as a consultant, you want to be excited. Yes, you're getting paid a lot of money, but you want to be excited about it. You want to feel like you're valued. Agreed. Agreed. And that's can be uncomfortable. Um, so those are difficult things. I know there's lots of books and videos on negotiation. I, I just do everything I can not to. But you're Josh freaking Anderson. I am. Exactly. Boutique, Josh. Boutique. You like Boutique. that. You're, you, you, I've yeah. never had anybody use that word to describe me in any manner ever. In and my you life. are, but you are boutique. -y. You, you have an, a, a vertical area of expertise that's not a lot of folks can fill. I'm going to raise my prices. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You probably have like a, a weekly reminder, raise prices. Yes, I know. I, I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I do. You, okay, I'm, so uh, you've worked through the process. You've emailed. You've got the contract that's signed. Um, the next thing that's going to hit you and probably catch you off guard is invoices. You have to create them and send them and track them and get the bank information to the customer and make sure that's all working well and everything that goes into that. That, that invoicing thing would, caught me off guard. And I scrambled a little bit to figure it out, but luckily I stumbled into a pretty good tool that helps me. And, you know, that's another thing that you have to do that I generally send them out on Fridays, but there's times where it's Monday and I go, oh crap, I didn't send out invoices when I should have. And so now I've just delayed payment for me. So I've like, because of that, I'm getting paid later than I normally would. And while it's not going to upset the apple cart, it could upset the apple cart when you're starting a few months ago, when I restarted this whole practice, it was very, very important for me when the money was coming in. Absolutely. Uh, so that, so that was a big challenge and I had to stay on it and get on my horse and make sure I did it consistently. So Metacaster's terms become, you know, 30 days, you know, net, net, what, whatever the net terms are. Uh, most companies want high, just like they'll negotiate. Uh, so, but you may want to not negotiate, but it's usually, I found it hard to uh, change their net terms at mm -hmm. companies. They are what they are. Uh, so you're probably going to have to eat whatever. Um, I, I usually, you know, minor net 30, uh, but I see companies that do net 45, net 60. I have a couple of clients who tr who try and succeed at net 90 that's about as as long as it goes it's a cash flow challenge for you this goes back to maintaining your buffer we've talked about having some kind of financial buffer um for the resiliency of your practice right for those highs and lows but but cash flow from a cash flow point of view as well uh to to josh's point yeah one other thing that caught me off guard that i didn't know and especially right at the beginning when when that money landed on my bank account was very important was when they do payables. So, okay, sure. It's 30 days from now, but like they might not do payables every week. So I invoice every week 
and I was expecting to get paid every week, but they're like, we only do payables like once every two weeks. So we're going to bundle these things together and pay you this much. Uh, So understanding that is going to be important just so you get in the comfort place of their flow of how they handle that. Josh, have you ever had like, the term used to be dunning, which is things are late and you have to, uh, you know, you're not getting paid on time. Do, do you, have you, I haven't ever really had a problem. I don't think I've ever. No. Like, like I, I probably over 10, 15 years, I probably had to send a, where's my check email uh, one time, maybe like uh, five times, you know, no more than 10. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just like an oversight or we didn't understand terms, but I didn't have to hound people down. But I hear war stories from other consultants that they're hounding folks down and they're not getting payment. You, you haven't had that. Nope. I have not. I think the, I think the boutiques, I think, I think it's relative all joking aside. I think boutiques when you're one of the advantages of being a specialty consultant is one, you don't have to negotiate, but people don't jerk around with you so much. They take you a bit more seriously on payments. I think that might be it. Whereas if it's a commodity consulting firm, you probably have to deal with that. Zenergy, for example, I know struggles with that. They've had they've had clients that have, you know, delayed for years actually, uh, that, that have been, and I've never encountered anything like that. Yeah, I, I've encountered quite the opposite where, the person who signed me on board or brought me in, who's basically the sponsor of me being there checking in and saying like, Hey, everything's square. Like you're getting paid. Right. Uh, so I've had that more often than not. And then even those that didn't tackle it like that, there was, there was never really an issue besides an understanding that I had that was wrong based on the things we talked about, about when they do payables, uh, what the terms are, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Uh, another topic, Josh, what do you got? What do you think? How about um, retros pivoting? I'm, I'm teeing that up. This notion of here was my game plan, uh, but two months in, how are we doing? Do I need to make any pivots? Retros, stuff like that. Do you anything around that? Yeah, I I went into things in my current iteration of Kazi with an expectation of the services that I offered, and then. After a couple of customers, I realized, and this is really big for me in the product realm, of what's my unique right to win. So whenever I'm thinking about a product for a company or human or whatever, it's like, what what makes this product special that no one else can do? Yeah. What is that thing? So that's where, I guess, Boutique Josh came, came from as I started looking around like, okay, I can do this. Lots of people are doing this, but like, what's the one thing that I can hang my hat on and say, you're going to have a hard time finding other people that can do this as well as I can and being able to really hone in on that. And it took time for me to figure that out because I launched in doing a bunch of different things. And then I really realized like, okay, this is that, this is that superpower that I have. So let's lean into that. But I didn't have that right out of the gate. I didn't know that that was the answer. I had to, with every customer that I talked to, forget that I worked with, that I talked to, I had to figure out who I wanted to be and what that, what that focus area for Josh was. The things I would focus on too, sometimes when you think about uh, like a checkpoint, 
is you're just thinking about revenue and run rates and things like that. So I that's valid. So I would look at cash flow. I would look at my run rates, my revenue generation. I would also look at my pipeline for new client activity. So and, and if it's empty, I would I would I would I would pivot and say I need to spend some time even though I'm greedy and I'm getting paid for 80 hours a week, I may need to get paid for 60 hours a week and do some pipeline sales management. So I would be looking at your sales pipeline. Uh, I would probably look at that. I it, it depends on things, but on a monthly basis, you know, what sort of what is my revenue generation? What is my sales pipeline? I, I would also say what's driving both of those is your strategy. Like Josh, I remember when you you pivoted to like a fractional leader, like mm-hmm. a fractional CTO. I don't you've you've not been that for ten years, so. You somewhere along the line recently in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, you've done this fractional thing, and that's sort of adding a service, right? Reading the market, uh, adding, ha- identifying a personal capability. Hey, I can. This is there's a market for this, and I can do that, and then and then sort of pivoting into that. So that would be that would be part of that quarterly, you know, monthly sort of heartbeat quarterly reassessment. And then part of the reflection or the retrospective is what what do you have to change? Do you have to change anything? Uh, and pipeline marketing, I didn't mention marketing for goodness sakes, right? So it's the branding. You you said this very early on, Josh. It's not a one-time thing. And, and so how well am I setting my brand? And you may want to reinvest. So for example, if you know a contract is ending, a contract is ending in December, you may want to, and you've sucked at, and you and you've sucked at branding. You may want to ramp up the branding a little bit, and don't wait for December fifteenth to send out a lame old email. It says, "Hi, I'm Bob. I'm off my contract." That's, I mean, you can do that's, that. That's very real for me right now. Right, right. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is again. Like, they, and I mentioned this. Like, I, I have not been good enough at continually shaping the pipeline that I have. Uh, I I think what's happened is I've gotten lucky. So that's allowed me to be complacent, but I am at the point now where I, it is irresponsible of me to bank on luck, but I shouldn't have done it in the past, but I've gotten lucky. Uh, So I've got to make sure that uh, luck is nice, but not required. Yep. I I do think, the, this boutique thing um, allows, I mean, that's part of the luck, Josh, is you you are not co- commoditized. You have areas of specialty. So therefore, and, and you have brand awareness. And so I've gotten lazy in that over the years uh, in what we're talking about. So Metacasters, I'm really saying you hit the button for the first five years, for the first five months, for the first year. You want to be doing some of the things we're talking about over time, you may find that, Oh, you know, I've created enough brand awareness. I have enough referrals going on. You don't have to worry about it, but don't, don't let your ego get the best of you in the beginning. You really need to be thinking about this stuff. These, this multifaceted business planning. And I know it sounds boring. It's beneath you. It's strategy and planning. You want, you want to be getting, I want to be coaching. I want to be training. That's where the, that's where the juice is. I get it. But but do the other stuff as well. Yeah. Yes. That is where I'm working to get better at. 
and I didn't mean to expose you to the universe. No, I, I've got no issue with that. It, it's just, that's a thing that, you know, it's, I've got to practice what I preach, you know, yep. and I haven't been as good as I should have been in the not too recent past. So I, but I'm fixing that, you know, it's like anything you stumble and you pick yourself yep. up and dust yourself off and say, how do I not let that happen again? Exactly. I have one more thing that comes to mind. Yeah. I don't have a list. And if I'm missing anything or if I'm, if I'm cutting you off, Josh, you cut me right back. All right. Yeah. You got, I, you have my permission, but I would say self. So all of this stuff that we're talking about, and this is, this is hard because there's a lot of, there's not enough time and there's a lot of stuff to do. And there's a lot of juice to be, to be made. You need, you need the juice flowing as well, but self-care. Make sure you're not burning yourself out. Uh, and, and to me, that would be part of these checkpoints. Am I, and, and my, my tendency, you know, for years was I had a day job and I had these evening jobs and I would overcommit. I mean, Josh, you probably know, not that I told you, yeah. but Josh, I've worked, I've delivered workshops for Josh over the years. And so Josh would approach me and because he's my friend, I mean, I could, I can never say no to him. And he says, oh, I need this class now. Well, I know I have, I, I would know, have I a hard know, time. And he's like, and can you do it next week? And I'd be like, oh yeah, I can do it next week. And and I've already got a full freaking week and I've got to juggle. And then, and then I, I don't see my children. They forget my net. They don't even know if I'm their father anymore. My kids are alienated and I'm, I'm overworking. So it's really easy to lose your self-care as yeah. a consultant, as an independent. Trust me, it's just easy. And it's not always 100% wrong, right? Revenue is good. You have to generate your buffer, et cetera. But don't lose yourself because it, I think self somehow balancing yourself so you recharge your batteries is going to make your business better. It's going to make your deliveries better. Burning yourself, your clients will, will the, your clients will see the fact that you're not performing as well as you could if you're burnt out and you don't want that. Yep. Josh, any reactions? I agree 100%. Again, that's a, that's a thing that I'm working on getting better at. Uh, and one of the hardest things for me and maybe for some other people is what are the things that really recharge me? So when I was in an office with a team, whenever I got to that, icky point where like I didn't feel like I was in a million meetings, uh, yep. executive, whatever stuff that was going on. I would just go sit in a meeting of one of my squads that was working on a complex problem. And I would just sit there and just like, ignore me. I just want to listen. This is my happy place, you know? So that's what I would do, but I don't have that anymore. So I've had to discover new things that recharge my batteries actively because it's a different world. So what you may have used to recharge when you were a part of a company, yep. it may not work now. So exactly. there's a high likelihood that you're going to have to try and discover what those are. I'm, simple Metacasters is buying some and handing them to your dog river, uh, which give you great joy. Yeah. Or is it tracheas or esophagus or something? Body parts. Yes. Uh, beef Various body. beef uh, leftovers. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. We but, did it, right? 
I think we did it. I think okay. we can we nail it. Stick a fork yeah. in it. Yes. Did yeah. I, did my voice just go up like three octaves? It yes. did. It did. It did. Yeah. Uh, so from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, and equally beautiful Fuquay Arena, North Carolina. I'm Bob. Oh no, I am Rob- Robert Q Galen, and I am Josh Anderson. Just Josh, and we have just stuck a fork in part. <laughs> oh, no. Shake uh, and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>